The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. You're not the evil Roger Goodell. You're Roger Goodell's evil twin. No, it's horrible. You look, first you're off. like the brother that lives in California that they just send money to. Yeah, and you look like Frankie Valli's backup singer in Jersey Boys. <laughs> yes, that's right. It's Florio. It's Sims. It's Chris Sims Unbuttoned PFTPM collaboration where me and Mike like to bust each other's chops and have a lot of fun. You know, we're getting we're okay at betting. We give a lot of good info. Listen to our info. Take it where you want after that, okay? But we're going to break down these four divisional round playoff games. Going to be fun. Mike and I will be on the field pregame football night in America, 3 p.m. Eastern, uh, 12 p.m. Pacific on Saturday. I'm looking forward to that. It's Mike's. Michael Florio's fighting Minnesota Vikings. 30 seconds in. Yeah. And then it's the Kyle Shanahan-led San Francisco 49ers, who, of course, you know I'm a little biased and leaning that way, okay? So this will be fun. You give me me a hard time all the time about the Vikings, but I can guarantee you I do not have Mike Zimmer's initials tattooed on my leg, (laughs) unlike others may have Kyle (laughs) Shanahan's initials tattooed on their leg. Touche. Well, if you went to college with Mike Zimmer, maybe it would have happened. I don't know, but I went to college with Shanahan, and, you know, you do stupid things in college. All right. And that's what I did. All right. So here we go. We're going to get into this. Florio for the year has a two game lead on me on our straight up picks of the games. Okay. So I got a chance still here down the stretch. Best bets. Mike, you had a great, uh, great week last week. You won both of your best bets. You won Buffalo, Houston, the under, and then you took Seattle on the road in Philadelphia. I won the Seattle, Philadelphia under. I lost New Orleans. I did think they were going to dominate dominate the Minnesota Vikings. So with that, I am four picks behind for best bets of the year. And what that means is you can clinch best bets this this week. You can get the title with a win or a loss. So uh, I got to, or yes, or, or if we both pick the same bet, this could be interesting. But let's get right into it. Well, 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 I like it how you always gloss over how we're doing against the spread. You always gloss over it because it's getting worse. Not I don't better. care. I have a 13 game lead in 18 weeks of action. Well, some of these games that I'll clarify for the 19th week in a row, I just don't care about the spreads and whatever it is. I don't. I, I wouldn't bet on them, and I'm going to be wrong on the spreads. So we'll see. I want to beat you in straight up and best bets. We'll see. This is a big week. It's divisional playoff round. I'm ready to go. I've run raised my level all right I'm ready for playoff ball here we go all right let's hit it off let's go with it your Vikings on the road San Francisco 49ers 49ers have the week of rest they look like they're going to be healthy Minnesota coming off the big win Mike lead us off where do you think this one goes well for the second straight weekend the Vikings are playing a team that is better than the Vikings. Right. But for the second straight weekend, that may not matter. What matters is what you do. What matters is what Mike Zimmer has managed to cook up defensively to stymie the San Francisco 49ers. What matters is whether and to what extent Dalvin Cook can run the ball the way he did. Some good news for the Vikings as it relates to the Adam Thielen ankle injury. Sounds like it's a cut, not a sprain. Had stitches, but heals a lot more quickly than sprained ligaments. So if he's good to go, if Stephon Diggs is good to go, then the Vikings, I think, and look, this comes down to, I believe it's going to be a close game. And if it's a close game, anything can happen. I don't believe it's going to be a blowout. But we were wrong last week when we thought Saints-Vikings would be a blowout. I think it's going to be a close, hard-fought game. And I'm going to use a historical context for the purposes of making my wild guess as to what ultimately is going to happen. And I'm going to take you back to 1986, not 87. Okay. 87 was when the Vikings beat the 49ers in the playoffs right. unexpectedly. 
86, I was living and working in the Bay Area in Richmond at the Chevron refinery there, and the Vikings were coming to play. And at that time, I had never seen them play, but I was too cheap to buy a ticket to go because I figured they'd get killed. They won that game in overtime, 27-24 to my great delight. So we got to pick a score. I think it's going to be a close game. This 49ers lost their first game this year, 27-24 in overtime at home. I'm going all in. Vikings 27, 49ers 24, and I'm adding to it the prediction that the win will come in overtime. Take that, Sims. Well, okay, first off, who did the Vikings beat in that 86 game after that you know, nine-minute explanation? Who did they beat? The 49ers. In 86? The 86 it was, season? It wasn't a playoff game. It was the 86 regular okay, season. Okay, good. There the we Vikings go. went to, to San Francisco. Sure. Gotcha, gotcha. And they won 27-24. See, you got to keep up. I, I, they I won 27-24 in overtime. That's where that idea came from I'm, for the I'm score, bl- not the 87 playoff I game, the 86 All right, regular I season. I wasn't game. sure. I was just trying to clarify. I'm blonde and I played football. I'm not always that smart, okay? I just got to hang with me every now and then, all right? All right. Wow, you're picking the upset. I did not expect that because I, I never know where to go with you and your Minnesota Vikings. It's like you you hate them more than the most the most people hate their own team more times than not. All right, so here's where I want to go with this. Like, first off, I just want to ask you this because I, I do you think the Minnesota Vikings can win this game if Dalvin Cook doesn't have a big day? No, I don't either. And I just don't know what happens there. Now, now of course, Minnesota's, Minnesota's offense is predicated on Dalvin Cook's success. There's no doubt about that. And they ran the ball great on the edge of the Saints' defense last week. That's what teams have done against the Saints. They're big. They're slow. You get out on the edge. That's what they did. Different story this week. You're not going to run on the edge against the San Francisco 49ers. It's arguably the fastest front seven in football. So they're going to be great at that. To attack the 49ers in the run game, you got to attack them right up the middle. And I w- I'm interested to see if they can pull that off. You know, Bradbury, Elf Line, they're very good blocking in the inside run game. Um, the other thing I'll say is, you know, as much as I do believe in that run game, right, and I think they need to be successful to win the football game, the one way I can maybe look at them and go, okay, I think maybe if the run game is just so-so or eh or less than, you know, I do think Thielen and Diggs have an advantage on the outside against these two corners of the San Francisco 49ers. And I think that's, you know, you've heard me said, if there's a weakness of that 49ers defense, I think it is outside there. You know, they, they play that cover three or man-to-man. The corners are basically in man-to-man type situations all game long. And if you're willing to throw out routes and comeback routes and things outside the numbers, which a lot of teams are reluctant to do this day and age, I do think the Niners are susceptible there. And I would test them. I really would. I would sometimes just simplify the game and go, hey, I'm Kirk Cousins. You're Adam Thielen. I think we're better than Richard Sherman, and let's go from there. So that will be an interesting part of the game. And then the Vikings. We've talked about that, Mike, right? How impressed we were with Zimmer last week on defense. He threw some curveballs at Sean Payton. He took away some of the bread and butter things they do or they did on offense. Do you, do you think Mike Zimmer will have some tricks up his sleeve this week in this matchup? What do you, what's your thoughts there? He will. Whether they work or not is a yeah, different thing, sure. but I think he will. The way he discussed it after the win on Sunday, he stopped himself from saying, yeah, I plan to have more of the same against the 49ers. But I think Zimmer's attitude for this game and for last game was, we're going to go get it. That's their slogan for the playoffs, right. and the coach has taken it to heart. Look, it's right there, and he's not going to lose because he was careful. If he loses, it's going to be because he was aggressive and it didn't work. So we'll see if it works, but I think he will have some aggressive plans on both sides of the ball. And you may be right. Maybe it's just the threat of Dalvin Cook that's going to have Kirk Cousins coming out from the get-go, throwing the ball all over the place. Maybe they don't need Dalvin Cook to have a big day, but I think they're going to be very aggressive on offense and on defense. Yeah, I think they'll have to be because that's what the 49ers do. And, you know, if you're going to match the 49ers, you better be aggressive. They keep the pressure on you. And I I think, you know, yes, Zimmer – Uh, And and there's another interesting angle. You know, I do think Zimmer has the advantage in the fact that Gary Kubiak, 
uh, and Kirk Cousins are on his staff who have both worked with Kyle Shanahan. So they might be able to give Zimmer, especially Kirk Cousins, he might be able to tell Zimmer, hey, on this type of play, he's looking at this to check to that. Or he's calling this play, hoping you play this defense, and then he's going to try to do that against you. I think that's a little interesting angle to at least evaluate. I do think this 49ers offense poses more problems for the Vikings defense than the Saints did for two reasons. One, the run game of the 49ers is special. All the pre-stat movement, guys going different ways the Shanahan run scheme let alone the reverses the speed sweeps and all the things and then unlike the Saints too this is aggressive passing game we know Drew Brees and company they're kind of dink and dunk which allowed Minnesota to play aggressive and be at the line of scrimmage and never really back their corners off they better back off this week because Garoppolo and Shanahan will dial up some deep play action passes and try to gash you that way hey listen I'm excited for this game. I think it's close for a while, but I think ultimately I'm going with the San Francisco 49ers. I'm going with the team that I thought has really been the best one or two teams in football all year, in my opinion. A week off, they're healthy. Shanahan has extra time to prepare. I'm going to go San Francisco 31-17 to at home against the Minnesota Vikings, against your Minnesota Vikings, and they will lose, and I will be there to rub it in, just in case you were wondering. Oh, I'm sure that you'll rub it in. I, I will have escaped by then. The moment that it gets out of hand is the moment I get into a car and head back to the hotel, get my things, head to the airport, and get the first plane going anywhere but San Francisco. Okay, all right. You're like, what, what do they call that? An Irish goodbye, right? The guy that just like kind of sneaks yes. out of a party and doesn't say bye to anybody? That's going to be you, or at least I'm hoping it's you on Saturday. All right, let's get to game two of Saturday. Saturday night. Uh, we got the, the Tennessee Titans coming off, I mean, one of the biggest victories in the history of their franchise, really. On the road, defeating the defending champions, Tom Brady, Bill Belichick, going now to the champions of the AFC to this point. And that's the Baltimore Ravens, Lamar Jackson coming off a of bye week. Mike, do you think there's a way the Titans keep this close? Do you think they can pull it off? How do you think this unfolds? I think the Titans will give the Ravens everything they can handle. I think one of the six seeds will win, and there's a chance Ooh. both will win. Between the two, I threw the dart in the direction of the Vikings. I think the Ravens, though, are just too good. I'm concerned about rust by virtue of the fact that key players did not play Week 17, so it will be three weeks between games right. for guys like Lamar Jackson. I ultimately think it won't matter. I think it will be a low-scoring game. It will be an exciting game. It will be a game that the Titans will have a chance to win. But ultimately, I think the Ravens are just too good to give into the trap and fall into the trap, rather, that the Patriots fell into against the Titans. I think they can slow down Derrick Henry. I think the offense of the Ravens, relative to the offense of the Titans, is better, more dynamic, and will do enough. And they may not, they, you know, it's, we've seen some blowouts from the Ravens. I don't think it's going to be a blowout. I'm going to, and it's not really a threading of the needle because it's a nine and a half point spread. I like the Ravens to win the game, but only by the score of 20 to 13. I like the Titans to cover that nine and a half point spread. I think that's too much. I think the game will be closer than that, even though I ultimately believe the Ravens will advance to the AFC Championship, fueled by Lamar Jackson and a defense that has been underrated all year because we've been so focused on the Baltimore offense. Yeah, no, you're right. The defense, I, I think that's where I'd like to start the conversation. You know, I mean, you know, right? My, I mean, Mike, do, do you think. Yeah, I don't think the Tennessee Titans can win a game this week if they put up the same performance they did last week against the New England Patriots. You know, one, I think as a, a total defense, this defense gives the Tennessee Titans more problems because they have some true run stuffers in Baltimore. I don't think Derrick Henry's going to be able to run the ball up the middle 28, 30 times against Baltimore. If you're going to have success against Baltimore, you better run on the edge. And so that's the only place I give them success. And I just don't expect them to be able to consistently run the ball uh, successfully. And then I go, okay, so let's go to the pass game. The pass game was underwhelming last week. I, Wink Martindale is one of the best defensive minds in the game. He will be all over some of your bread and butter concepts, let alone they're really talented in the secondary. I just have a hard time finding can the Titans generate enough offense? You know, and then on the other side of the ball, I do think Dean Pease and Mike Vrabel will have a few wrinkles up their sleeve to stop this. 
but I don't know if you can stop it right now. And then with the Ravens being rested and Lamar Jackson, the last time I saw him take days off of practice and have days off was that Thursday night game against the Jets, right? He didn't practice that week. He didn't run. And I remember watching that game going, man, he's got four rockets up his butt tonight. I mean, he was all (laughs) over the place. So, you know, within that, I just think the Ravens pose problems for the Titans. I do. And I don't know if the Titans front seven is fast enough to track down Lamar when he gets on the edge. Um, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong here because I know you think it's going to be close. I'm, I'm going to go with the Ravens dominating this football game. I am. I'm going to pick them to win 31 to 14. I do. Wow. I think it'll be one of those where it's, you know, maybe 14-7, then 21-7. And then I wouldn't be surprised if it went to 21-14. And then really just the Ravens kind of slowly put them away somewhere, you know, in the start of the fourth quarter in there. That's how I envision it. We'll see how it goes, Mike. Um, But you're a little more – you think they can pull off the upset here. You don't think it would be a total shock to you. It wouldn't be a total shock to me. I think it will be close. I thought the Titans would cover last week, and they did because they won. I think Ravens win, but Titans keep it close. Titans keep it tight, and I think Titans try to do what they can to slow the game down, chew up the clock, keep the Ravens on the sidelines so they have a greater sense of urgency when they have the ball. I think it's going to be a low-scoring game. I mean, I got 33 total points. You could be right. You, You 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 may be getting a little clue as to where one of my best bets may land in this one. But, yeah, I think it's going to be a low-scoring game. It's going to be a tight game. But I think the Ravens are good enough to prevail. Yeah, I, I'm interested to see how much the Titans sell out to stop the run game. And, you know, are they just going to put people all over the line of scrimmage and say, okay, let's see if Lamar can beat us with his arm. You know, can 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 Hollywood Brown beat Adoree Jackson and Logan Ryan? And can Mark Andrews get open down the middle of the field in the past game and Lamar hit him? Like you said, it's been a while since they had to play meaningful football that way too. And there is something to be said about that. So I'm going with the Ravens just in the fact that I think they're the better team. They're going to be rested and just ready to bludgeon people. Um, but I see your side of the story too. I'm not going to say I'm sitting here going, hey, you're crazy. I I, I get it. This is something we can flesh out more, I think, when we have more time. But I'm curious how much Bill Belichick may have helped Mike Vrabel kind of in the background off the books this week because Belichick knows a thing or two about the Ravens, about John Harbaugh, about Lamar Jackson, and no love lost between the Ravens and the Patriots. Yeah, no, you're right. And then there's the Dean Pease factor who came from Baltimore who's, you know, of course, anytime you face your old business or old, you know, com comrades you want to you know stick it where the sun don't shine and show them who nice the boss save, is by the way thank you very nice much save. i almost did it yes because usually this is a podcast and we can swear so this is a very big challenge for me right now to not <laughs> challenge i mean because i want to throw out a lot of you know f-bombs and things like that but all right we're both uh you're on the vikings i'm on the niners we're both on the ravens you think the ravens game will be a little closer than me now let's get to sunday afternoon This is, I mean, come on. Sunday is just quarterback matchup day. And this is a doozy to start it off. Two young guns and Watson Mahomes. Houston beat Kansas City in Kansas City earlier this year. But I think Kansas City is a completely different team now, Mike. Mike, what do you think here? How does this unfold? And I agree with you. It was week six. That may as well have been six years ago. The Chiefs' defense is better. Patrick Mahomes told me after that snow globe game against the Broncos that the defense in Kansas City has a swagger that it didn't have in practice, in games. They went through a stretch where they were averaging under 10 points per game allowed. And I think that makes a huge difference against a Texans team that was down 16 nothing at home before they woke up. They fall behind by two or more scores in Kansas City, and it's going to be over. And this Chiefs team, I think they've been overlooked. They relish the fact that they've been overlooked. They enjoy the fact that they're not carrying that burden that teams like the Ravens and the 49ers are in the postseason, that they're expected to win, and that the pressure's on them, and they have everything to lose and nothing to gain. And I think that all plays to the advantage. The rest factor, Andy Reid having extra time to prepare Andy Reid having prepared to play the Texans earlier this year it all lines up in favor of the Kansas City Chiefs who are 50 years removed from their last Super Bowl appearance and could be ready to go back and by the way Chris you probably knew this 
The Kansas City Chiefs were once the Texans. Did you know that? I did know that. Yes, I did. Yes. The Dallas Texans, for the first few years of their existence, they had the red helmet with the, the outline of the state of Texas on it. They lost the battle for Dallas with the Cowboys. They moved to Kansas City, became the Chiefs, but they were the Texans. They play the Texans. The Texans come to town, and I think the Texans go home as losers. Kansas City 31, Houston Texans 20. Wow. Uh, so wait, say that score again. What was that? 31 Chiefs. 20 Texans. Okay, all right. I I hear you there. Um, this is the just to bring back some bad memories for you. Uh, this Sunday will be the 50th Saturday. Excuse me. This Saturday will be the 50th anniversary of the Chiefs beating your Minnesota Vikings in the Super Bowl. Uh, just, That's all right. I wasn't I, I wasn't a fan then. I was only four. Oh, okay, good. But I just wanted to rub it in on you and your team one more time. Uh, I mean, 65 toss power trap. Six, yeah, right, right. Keep matriculating the ball down the field, guys. Uh, there's a lot of great sound bellies for that game. But, you know, I think that, you know, the big thing is the Texans did beat the Chiefs the first time around. I get that. And they won that game. With that was early in the year, remember when we were going, man, the Chiefs defense doesn't look good and teams are just controlling the clock. The Houston Texans, the Indianapolis Colts, they were just running the ball and keeping Patrick Mahomes and the offense on the sidelines. And uh, this is one of those this was one of those ways to beat Kansas City early in the year. Okay, yeah, it worked. Also in that game, hey, if anybody wants to go back, go back and watch that. Kansas City was very close to like almost blowing out Houston early on in the game. And if you remember, Mike, remember that was that interception game where Mahomes threw it deep. There was a pass interference flag thrown on the field, and then they picked it up, and then they kept it an interception where Houston was on the ropes and wobbly. That gave them the ball back, and they went down and scored to make the game competitive once again. But it was very close to being a blowout, and then all of a sudden it totally swung in Houston's way. But Kansas City's defense is different. They're a different animal now. You know, they got a lot of size. They're very good at stopping the run. They've played as good as defense as anybody in football the last four to five weeks of the year. And Spagnolo and I think the defense itself have gotten comfortable with the system to where they're very creative. They will do Belichick things and double DeAndre Hopkins on certain down and distances and things like that. And then, you know, the other side of the ball, I guess where I get concerned is, hey, the Texans' defense is they're, they're spotty. I don't know if I trust them. There's always people screaming wide open in the pass game. I don't think it's a great pass rushing unit. I know J.J. Watt's back, but this Kansas City Chiefs offensive line can pass protect. I think the offense in Kansas City is more versatile now than it was early in the year anyways. Early in the year, Mike, they were still trying to do that, hey, we're a shotgun like 2018, and Mahomes is going to throw for 400 yards and four touchdowns every week, and they've readjusted their formula now. They get underneath the center. They got more of a short passing game. They're a little more patient with the run game. And I think of all that, we're going to see really fun, exciting, big plays. But I just think ultimately, I have more faith in the Kansas City Chiefs. I just think they're a more well-rounded team on both sides of the ball. I'm going Chiefs 38-24. I think this is fun back and forth for a while, but Mahomes and company ultimately put their, their foot on the throat of the Texans and send them home. Yeah, well, we agree on that both as to who wins and as to who wins against the spread. It's yeah. the first one we agree on on both counts. Yeah, it is. It's the first one we agree on both counts. And I don't know where I'm going to go with my best bets yet here. So I'm still like kind of kind of tinkering with this one all together. All right. You ready to do it? We got the big NFC matchup Sunday evening. Oh, Aaron Rodgers, you're the greatest quarterback I've ever seen. And he's got Russell Wilson and Pete Carroll coming into town, Mike. To me, this is the most intriguing matchup of the weekend because this is the one that I think is the most 50-50, at least in my mind. Uh, I don't know how you feel, Mike, but you know what do you, what do you think here? How does this game go? Well, you know, it's funny. We say from time to time that Russell Wilson doesn't get the credit he deserves. Have you heard that one before? I have. The fact that you haven't given him a song confirms that he doesn't get the credit he deserves. You're right. I need to get him one because I got Mahomes. I got Rodgers. I got Deshaun Watson. I'll come up with something for Russell Wilson. Just give me a little time. I need to get my creative juices flow. All right. Well, you think of that. I'll explain what I think is going to happen at Lambeau Field. And this really is a toss-up to me. I'm surprised the spread is four points. And home field advantage, obviously, is a factor in that. I could see either team winning this game. You know, 
a lot of people think that we just make guesses, and, and it really isn't a guess. It's an educated effort to try to analyze what we think is going to happen based on past events and the way we see things unfolding on Sunday. But this one is the closest one to a guess this week. The Seahawks, if they were at home, Chris, I would pick the Seahawks to win this game by 10 or more points. But on the road, you've got to credit and factor in Lambeau Field and the weather potentially, even if it's not going to snow, it's going to be cold. It's going to be a factor for the Seahawks. And and the, the Packers, both teams are just kind of unpredictable to me. Both teams yeah. have won games they should have lost. Right. right. Both games, I think, have achieved more than their talent would justify. And that's why I look at this one as a toss-up. And, and I think ultimately at the end of the day, I'm going to – and here's the factor, the key factor for me. If I'm right that the Vikings win, then the Packers know – they host Minnesota the following week when they play the game the next day. If the Vikings win, I think the Packers are more likely to win. If the Vikings lose, I think the Seahawks are going to win the game because the Packers are not going to want to go back to San Francisco and get their butts kicked all over again. So because I'm going out on a limb and picking the Vikings, that's influencing me to go with the Packers because they're going to see an opportunity to get to the Super Bowl because they think they can handle the Vikings, and maybe they can. Yeah, I, I, I think that is a real point. I think you're right. I mean, I think you know that will motivate a team if they went, oh, my gosh, Minnesota's won. We could have the NFC Championship game here at home to where, yeah, it might you know, just be a little daunting to go, gosh, we got to go out to San Francisco and play that team again, the team that dominated us like thoroughly the first time we saw them. Jeez Louise. So I, I don't disagree with that kind of psychoanalysis there. I think you're onto that. You know, I, there's just so many – I don't know where I'm going to go with this game. I'm literally still trying to figure this out as I talk to you. So here's my big thing. First off, you know, the weakness to the Packers on the defense, it is their run defense. It's been one of their issues all year long, but it's been better down the stretch. And then, okay, yes, it's not a great run defense, but are the Seattle Seahawks a great running team right now? I don't know if they're good enough up front to take advantage of it, right, Mike? I mean, you got two backup running backs. You know, even if Dwayne Brown and uh, Ayupati play, I, I don't think they're going to be 100%. They didn't play at all last week, so that's a little scary. And then the other side of it, I just go, okay, if there's a weakness to the Seattle Seahawks, their defense is their secondary. And I go, does Green Bay have enough weapons there to take advantage of that as well? I'm just not sure. I mean, we know Adams and Rodgers are good, but you know, to be really good on offense in the passing game, you need more than just one guy. I mean, you just need it more. And that's where I get into this, this con confused state here of I don't know, know who I'm going to pick. I think this is going to be a very close football game. You've heard me say, if I'm Mike Pettin, like, wouldn't you, Mike? You tell me. If you were playing the Seattle Seahawks right now, wouldn't you say, you know what? I don't think your run game's all that right now. I'm going to play pass coverage and put safeties back. Prove to me you can run the ball. Would you or would you not? Or am I crazy for that yeah, thought? Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. And we saw Jim Schwartz, the Eagles defensive coordinator, not do it last week. Right. So I think you need to, if you want to win the game. Now, it could be you want to force the issue, right? And yes. you're willing to take some chances sure. and you're going to trust your secondary. But if it's not working early, you better switch out of it. That's At right. At some point, you've got to acknowledge that, yes, DK Metcalf, even though he's a rookie, he is still pretty good. And I think the Packers will have a different attitude about that than the Eagles did. Yeah, I, I, I would hope so. I would hope Mike Pettin evaluates that and looks at that. You know, on the other side, too, I just don't, I don't know. I don't know if I, you know, we think of Green Bay and we go, you know, I think both of us agree that Aaron Jones has to be kind of the focal point of what they do on offense, right? And Pete Carroll is one of those old-school defensive coaches or his first thought is stop the run. Let's crowd the line of scrimmage. Let's stop the run. Let's not let that, you know, let's not let them get rolling there and then let, you know, Aaron Rodgers and Aaron Jones off a of play-action fake start burning us this way. I'm very, uh, I'm very torn between this game. And I think I'm going to go with the Seattle Seahawks to win this one. I am. I just think Seattle... They rise to the occasion in these type of games. Pete Carroll has created an atmosphere of like, you know, I, you know, they're they're like rabid. They love this big lights, big game, big situation. And I just think, I think in my heart of hearts, I look at Seattle in a really close game. And man, this is hard for me to go against Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay because you said it. They're 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 tough up there. 
I just think Seattle has a few more difference makers on their roster right now than Green Bay. In a really close game where I go, okay, it's a push between Rodgers and Wilson. I go, ooh, the receivers for the Seahawks are more talented. They can make plays. And then I look at, like, Jadeveon Clowney and that Seattle front to where I think they can create some havoc and make some plays too. I'm going to go Seahawks 24-21, to 21, pulling off the upset and therefore going to San Francisco the next week for the NFC Championship game. Woo! So we both see an NFC Championship involving two teams from the same division. Yeah, right. We just have picked different divisions. I've got Vikings-Packers round three. You've got Seahawks-49ers round three. And frankly, frankly, Seahawks-49ers round three would be a much better game, I think, and a much more exciting game. And by the way, my score is 24-21 Packers, so we've got the exact oh, same score. Baby. We're just flipping it. Oh, baby, baby, baby. I like it. I like it a lot. We got two differences here. I can make up the ground this week. I'm just saying. Yeah, you uh, thought the same thing last week and what happened? Yeah, well, I know. I didn't it didn't pick up any ground. All right. Thanks, Jerk. Thanks right. for being Debbie Downer. Before we do our best bets, how about some props coming out of the divisional round? And let's start with one that will be part of the Sunday night seven package that is available each and every week of the 2019 football season. The contest still continues, even though the postseason is upon us. And one of the props in the Sunday night seven, who's going to have more passing yards, Kirk Cousins or Jimmy Garoppolo? Chris, what do you think? Yeah, this is a, it's a good one, but I'm going to go with Jimmy Garoppolo just because of Shanahan, the run game, their ability to dial up unbelievable play action passes, and screens off the run game. You know, some of these yards Jimmy Garoppolo gets, I, you know, you and me could do it. But because Shanahan's going to – he's going to deliver a few guys that are just going to be like, hey, here's a wide-open receiver. If you can hit a wide-open receiver 15 yards down the field, it could be a free 30 yards. Do you want it? Do you want it? Do you want it? Going once, going twice. So I'm going to go with them because Kittle, Debo Samuel, Emmanuel Sanders, and the run game all together I think lead to Jimmy Garoppolo having a better day than Cousins. Yeah, you know, I think it's going to be very close. Yeah. And I'm going to give Garoppolo the edge just because I think Dalvin Cook will have enough yards that you won't need Kirk Cousins to have between 250 and 300 passing yards or more. And I'm looking at that game from 2018, the first game of the season. Jimmy Garoppolo was 15 of 33 at Minnesota. That was his first game after he got his big contract. Yeah, right. 45.5% completion percentage, 7.9 yards per attempt, 261 yards, one touchdown and three picks. Yes. Uh, it was a long time ago. I know. It was a torn ACL ago. It was a different teams, but it's Garoppolo against Mike Zimmer and his defense, and a lot of those pieces are similar. I, I think Garoppolo will have more yardage, but I think Mike Zimmer may dupe him into making a mistake or two. Yeah, I, I, I don't disagree with you there. I, I still, you know, like we talked about with this matchup a little bit, I do think that the Vikings have a significant advantage on the outside, and I hope they work it. You know, if I'm a Vikings fan, I want to go, damn, what do we pay Thielen and Diggs all this money for if we're not going to work them in some one-on-one opportunities? And San Francisco's a defense that doesn't change it up a whole lot. They don't double people. They run that Seattle scheme, Mike, where, you know, you hear me complain about it a lot. It's too obvious. It's too easy. The quarterback's always comfortable. And I don't think, you know, we saw a little in week 17 to what you're saying of the Seahawks at the end of the third quarter and the fourth quarter, they just said, hey, we're going to attack this corner over here, Akilah Witherspoon with DK Metcalf, and just start abusing it and just play one-on-one football because we think Russell and DK are better than your guy. If I'm Kirk Cousins and, and Kubiak and Stefanski, I'm doing the same thing a little bit. I am. I'm going to trust Thielen and Diggs to win against Akilah Witherspoon and Sherman and just take some of those shots. So I'm with you. I think it'll be very close yardage-wise, right? Like, what do you think? I don't think either one of these quarterbacks is throwing for like 350, right? I think it's like right, right. somewhere between 250 and 300 type of games for both of them, right? Right. And and in that game last year to start the season, it was Kirk Cousins' first regular season game with the Vikings. He had 244. Garoppolo had 261. And I think they're both going to be in that same range. Yeah. And I think Garoppolo will throw for more yards because I think Dalvin Cook will do better in the running game, along with Alexander Madison. Don't overlook him. And you mentioned attacking a killer Witherspoon. He got benched in Week 17 but he's back in the starting lineup. Right. Why is he back? Because the next guy isn't any better. That's why Wither, 
Spoon's the starter because he's better than the guy behind him, which means if you throw that guy out into the fray, it's going to be even worse than it would be. So sometimes you just got to hold your breath and hope that it works out. Yeah, that's right. And uh, we'll see. I, I, I really, I'll be very interested to see. Teams, you know, there was a time where teams loved to throw the ball outside the number with these type of looks. Now there's so many creative ways to move the ball and offenses are so advanced that – you know, I think it's an angle that a lot of teams forget about sometimes, just going, hey, what, what happened to an out route? What happened to a comeback route? What happened to, you know, a 15-yard curl route on the outside? You know, sometimes I think these coaches out outthink themselves a little bit and just, just saying, hey, my guy's better than your guy. Let's see if you can stop it. Before we move on to the next prop, who do you think will be the more productive receiver for Garoppolo? Will it be his tight end George Kittle or his top receiver Emmanuel Sanders? Oh, I really, I think it's going to be Debo Samuel to throw a curveball at you. I think Zimmer will be all over all the George Kittle stuff. And if there's a defense equipped to maybe cover him a little bit with Barr and Kendricks, I think they could be a pain in the butt. They're smart. They're athletic. They're great in pass coverage. I think they'll be keyed in on Kittle. And, you know, Emmanuel Sanders, he is really good. But I think where Debo Samuel comes into play to me a lot, Mike, is like those 49ers where – you know, a play action pass and Garoppolo gets up quick and throws a slant or a short crosser over the middle of the Debo Samuel. And, you know, he's another guy. When you get the ball in his hands, he's going to break a tackle and make a few guys miss. He's kind of electric that way. So I think that would be the guy I'm going to pick, actually. And I didn't expect to say that. But, yeah, I think I'm going to pick him. All right, let's move on to Tennessee, Baltimore. A couple of props from there. Lamar Jackson over under 77 and a half rushing yards. I'm going to go over there. Um, I, we talked about the Tennessee defense. There's some things I like. They do have some size. I don't think they're incredibly fast sideline to sideline. And I think when you haven't seen Lamar Jackson, that it's like, it's kind of eye opening. I think we've had a lot of teams who are, you know, technically in the right spot to make the tackle against Lamar Jackson. The problem is they've never seen a human like Lamar Jackson in the open field like that. And that's where he's special. I mean, come on. You and I both know with the ball in his hands, he's as good as any running back or receiver in football as far as making people miss and making plays. So I'm going to go with Lamar over 77.5. Yeah, I agree with you. I think the real question is, does he get another double, triple, something that has become a staple of his game, 100 or more rushing yards, 100 or more passing yards, the 100 or more passing yards. If he doesn't have 100 passing yards, that's a problem for the Ravens. The real question is 100 rushing yards, and I think he'll get to it. So I think he'll get over 77 and a half. All right, Derrick Henry, the guy who had 182 rushing yards against the New England Patriots on his birthday, over under 94.5 rushing yards against the Ravens. I'm going to go under. I am. I just think the Ravens are too well coached, too talented, too big. They're going to be honed in on going, we got to stop this guy. And that's and then they have the secondary to match up man to man on the back end and just say, hey, the hell with it. Let's get after the run game. Let's not get exposed there. We think Marlon Humphrey can cover A.J. Brown. We think Marcus Peters can cover Corey Davis. Let's just chalk it up to that and stop the big boy, the dump truck, Derrick Henry. So I'm going to go like Derrick Henry has a day, Mike, where it's like 24 rushes for like 88 yards. I think it's going to be something like that. Yeah, I, I think he's going to have more than that, and I think he will go over. I think he's going to have his yards. The question is, what can Ryan Tannehill do in the passing game? Yeah. They didn't use him much last week because they didn't have to, but I think Henry will power his way. Now, And the only way that doesn't happen is if the Ravens get so far ahead that they have to abandon the running That's game. Right, That's right. That's the only yeah. set of circumstances where I think it doesn't occur. And by the way, in that Tennessee-Baltimore game, something we pointed out on Thursday's PFT Live, five Heisman winners – on the rosters awesome. for those games. Three for the Ravens and two for the Titans. Two and are on the bench. Two of them. Two are backup quarterbacks. <laughs> yeah, right. Marcus Mariota and RG3. All right, let's move on to the Texans-Chiefs game, the first game on Sunday afternoon. And remember, the start times now have been moved to later in the day to match the conference championship window. You like window it? I like it. I love it. I love it, especially yeah. since it gives me a better chance to get home from California. So, yes, I like it. I like that it's got a bigger feel when the games are played later in the day and there's an evening game, a 6.40 p.m. kickoff. But the earlier of the two will be at Arrowhead Stadium, Texans and the Chiefs, more total yards, passing and rushing, Deshaun Watson or Patrick Mahomes? Ooh, baby. Um, I am going to go... With Patrick Mahomes, 
Um, and this is a tough one because you do have to take Deshaun Watson's like scrambling and all that into account. You know, I think he's more capable of making more yards on the ground than Deshaun. I mean, than Patrick Mahomes. But I think ultimately, Andy Reid, his history of bye week football, and then the talent and everything like that. And then a questionable pass defense with the Houston Texans. I'm going to go with Mahomes. I think he has a pretty big statistical day. Um, yeah, yeah, I agree with you. I know. It's I tough. agree with you. I mean, because I, I think Deshaun Watson could have a huge game just because he's so much of their offense. Right. But, but Patrick Mahomes has the weapons. And I think that's the difference. I, I think Patrick Mahomes, we both agree, is the better passer. Yes. Uh, Deshaun Watson, the better runner. Right. But I think Mahomes having the weapons pushes me in that direction. So and, I'll agree with you. More total yards for Patrick Mahomes. What do you think, too? Like, I mean, I know Will Fuller, we think, is playing, right? I think that plays a huge key into this whole thing. I mean, uh, to me, if they don't have Will Fuller and it's just DeAndre Hopkins out there, I think Spagnolo will have some stuff to completely take Hopkins out of the game. They need Will Fuller to be that other weapon. Well, yeah, I agree with you completely. All right, one more uh, from that game. And speaking of Will Fuller, most receiving yards in that game. Anybody, pick a guy. Who's going to have the most receiving yards for either team? Um, I, I, I am going to go with Tyreek Hill. I am. I, I, I mean, it seems obvious. You know, I thought about Travis Kelsey. I could see him, you know, work in the middle of the field. I just think Spagnuolo has shown me he will double people. Okay, so I think he's going to take Hopkins away in every big moment. And really, to me, it becomes more between Tyreek and Fuller, I think, in this one. And I'm going to go with Tyreek because, uh, of course, he's maybe the best weapon in the sport, Mahomes. And I think Andy Reid and company are going to have a few things uh, up their sleeves as far as new ways to get Tyreek the ball in the pass game. Yeah, I agree with you. It's hard to pick against Tyree Kill. If I was going to select anybody, it would be Travis Kelsey yeah. because maybe they do everything they can to take uh, Tyree Kill away. Right. But I'll go Tyree Kill. We've kind of, It's just amazing how we've forgotten about the Chiefs and forgotten about Tyree Kill and forgotten that they were a shortlist Super Bowl favorite going into the season. And they're the only team playing this weekend that played in the same weekend last year. The other seven teams from last year, gone the Chiefs the one constant yeah why is it why do you think so Mike what do you think it is that's led to the lack of attention I well I think it's a combination of things the losses at home to the Texans to the Colts to the Packers the primetime game against the Packers that where they just didn't look all that great the defense early on in the year looking like it was no better than last season the Patrick Mahomes injury and before he had the knee injury his ankle was a little banged up and he wasn't as great he gets eclipsed by Lamar Jackson as the new flavor of the month yeah right and we just kind of we just kind of forget about they you know they were in danger of losing the division lead to the Raiders at one point and then oh they're not going to get a bye and it all kind of fell together for them in the last few weeks of the season when we were focused on the scrum for playoff positioning and what's up with the Patriots and the NFC's upside down and Cowboys, Cowboys, Cowboys. And I think the, uh, the chiefs benefit from that yeah. because it allows you to get a chip on your players' shoulders and you don't have to worry about them having big heads and it's the perfect combination and you can't engineer it. It just has to kind of happen. Right. And I think it plays into the, into the hands of Andy Reid and the Kansas city chiefs. And it makes me more convinced they're going to win the game and cover that spread. Yeah, I know. I mean, I, you know, I, I mean, I, I agree with everything you said. You're right. I mean, I think people probably doubt Andy Reid a little bit. I think people should know too, that Andy Reid is four and one coming off the bye week in the divisional round. So that bodes well to that. But yeah, I think ultimately, like you said it, they just weren't the the sexy team this year. There was other and with Mahomes injury and you're right, some of those losses at home and things like that. They lost the sex appeal war to, you know, the Baltimore Ravens and Lamar, like you're talking about. The 49ers, their resurgence, you know, the Packers and Matt LaFleur and Aaron Rodgers. That's a sexy story. So uh, I, I'm with you, but it is shocking that the team that was in the final four last year is like the least talked about team in the final eight this year. All right, one last prop. Let's do it very quickly. Yeah. More passing yards in the last game of the weekend. Seahawks, Packers. Will it be Russell Wilson or Aaron Rodgers? I'm going to go with Russell Wilson. I am. Um, this is a close one because I think both like both teams will rely more on the passing game when all said and done. I think Seattle will take away Aaron Jones in the run game. Uh, and 
you know, I think what happens with Green, I think Seattle's run game is not great right now, and they realize it's got to be DK Metcalf and Lockett and Moore and those guys to win the game. And Green Bay traditionally will give you some of those one-on-one chances to make the type of throws that Seattle wants to make and Russell Wilson wants to make. So I'm going to go with Russell Wilson to have more yards than Aaron Rodgers, not by a lot, but I'd say like 305 and maybe Rodgers is like 290-something, something like that. I think it's going to be Rodgers just because I think Mike Patton will be smarter than Jim Schwartz was okay. and take away that downfield passing game and force the Seahawks to run. And I you think they be will right. be able to run. I think Marshawn Lynch with a couple of weeks, he's building up that callus that Jim Harbaugh always talks about. He'll be in better football shape and maybe be more productive. All right. Those are the props. Chris, lead us through the best bets of the week. All right, so here we go. Best bets, as we've talked about, Mike has a four-game lead. I need him to lose these. We have two disagreements already, so I like that as far as straight picks. But best bets, here we go, Mike. What do you think? You want to lead it off or you want to hear mine first? I'll, I'll, I'll uh, respect my elders. I'm happy to, thanks. I'm happy to lead off for a change. I'm happy to lead off, and I'm going to go to the first game, the game we're going to be at. I've already picked the Vikings to win straight up. My best bet, though, relates to this over-under of 44-and-a-half. It's the lowest of the weekend. Are you kidding me? These are the Vikings and the 49ers, and I know there is going to be some defensive punch, but there's also going to be some opportunities to score points, and that is a low, low over-under. I think this one goes over the 44-and-a-half. I've got 51 total points under my projection of 27 to 24. Could be higher scoring than that. I just think, you know, and for me, it's so much easier to get a gut feeling about over-under because there's no, you know, I want to be right about picking the game. Yeah. yeah, No, it's just I think they're going to score more than 44.5 points combined, period. It's easy. It's an instinctive feel, and, you know, I'm I'm right far more often than I'm wrong about that feel on over-under. Give me over 44.5. Yeah, uh, you are pretty good at it. You're right. And um, I I thought about that one as well. I did. I kind of, like, was was wrestling with it in my own brain – I just didn't feel comfortable enough. I'm going to pick the Ravens. Yeah, I don't care that they're favored by nine and a half. I'm riding with it. I think the Ravens are the best team in football. I think the Ravens with two weeks off, healthy, Lamar Jackson's going to be ready to go. I don't think the Titans have seen anything like a team like this all year long. And I just think the Ravens are too good on both sides of the ball. You know, Lamar Jackson, it's just hard to prepare for him in this attack. And I think they'll have a few new wrinkles up their sleeves, let alone I'm really concerned about Tennessee's offense versus Baltimore's defense. You know, again, I just would be shocked if they can dominate the game in the run game. Baltimore's got so many big people up front, and they have as good a secondary as New England. I mean, it's argue, you could argue maybe it's even a little better, but it's, it's those two are the two best, and I think they'll be able to shut down Tannehill in the pass game too. I picked the Ravens to win 31-14. to 14. I'm riding that 9.5 points, so we'll see. Go ahead, Mike. Right. Let's hear number two. And, and you know what? For whatever reason, this feels like week 17 where I couldn't get a real strong feeling about who's going to cover the spread in any of the games. So I'm going with another over-under, and I'm staying on Saturday, Saturday night. It's already been bet down from 48.5 to 46.5 in the Titans-Ravens game, and I think it's going to be under that. I think it's going to be well under 46.5 between the Titans and the Ravens. I am shocked that the over-under is higher for that game than it is for Vikings 49ers. So over in the early game, late in the late game or under in the late game under the 46 and a half Titans Ravens. Well, I, I mean, I guess the big thing is, is, you know, Hey, uh, the, the, the Ravens are what are the Ravens, the highest scoring offense in football? Yes, they are. So I guess that's really where it comes to in that category. But I think the Titans, uh, that's all the more reason for Mike Vrabel and company to slow the game down, take the full 40 seconds, every play, elongate the drive, shorten the games, and reduce the number of possessions for the Ravens. It's it's just one of those things. It's just hiding in plain sight, Chris. Yeah, no, I, I listen, I, I don't disagree with you. It's just it sometimes can be dangerous to play that way too. You know, Lamar Jackson goes and scores the touchdown. You try to run the ball in first and second. All of a sudden, it's third and, third and nine. You don't get the first, and all of a sudden, Lamar Jackson's got the ball going down the field again. You're going, oh, crap. We might be down 14 nothing here. So, But I, I, I'm not disagreeing with your thought. Uh, I, I, that could be a very very key play by Mike Vrabel in this game is to just say that, right? Like, I don't think my defense matches up with the Ravens offense. I'm going to take the air out of the ball and, and try to just get into the fourth quarter and make it a one score game and win that type of way. I would not be shocked if Vrabel opted to do that. All right. My second best bet. I'm going with the Seattle Seahawks. Hey, I'm picking them to win on the road. You know, the Packers are favored by four. 
I think the Seahawks match up pretty well with the Green Bay Packers. And I just think ultimately what I've come to is I just think Seattle has a few more playmakers than the Green Bay Packers do right now. I do. And I just think they'll come through, whether that's Jadeveon Clowney making a play that way, Bobby Wagner, or Russell Wilson and DK Metcalf. I think this is going to be a great game to watch. It'll be very close. But I think that's exactly where Seattle wants it. Seattle just plays to, hey, we want Russell to have the ball on the last play of the game. We don't care how it looks. And more times than not, he comes through. And I think this week against the Packers defense, that's good but not great. I think he'll be able to make that magic happen. All right, so best bets. Here we go. Mike is going for the over in the Vikings 49ers game. It is at 44 and a half. Okay, so he's going there. He's also taking the under with Tennessee Baltimore. That is at 46 and a half. He's going under. I am taking the Baltimore Ravens. They're getting favored by nine and a half. I think they're going to win by more than that. And then I'm taking the Seattle Seahawks, who were road underdogs, four point underdogs at that. And I think they're going to win the football game. So that's that. Everybody out there, please root against Florio and root for Chris Sims. Remember, I'm the nice guy. He's the mean guy. And just makes sense to root for me. <clears throat> Anything else you want to say before we go? I'm choking on my oh, coffee. I've got, I've got a lot of things I'd like to say, but it's not the normal podcast. I can't say them. Okay, I'll just say well, them to you in person in California. I hope everybody enjoyed this. And on the way out, I hope everybody did. Chris Sims on Button, PFTPM collaboration, the Picks podcast slash show. And now Saturday, you'll see us, Football Night in America, 3 o'clock Eastern. 12 p.m. Pacific. We'll be out there. Me, Florio, Vikings, 49ers. We're both pumped to be there. Please tune in and watch that. Hey, Mike, up yours. See you later. Bye. See ya. <laughs>